Praise the Lord, huh? Word first, finally got here. We've been waiting, huh? Amen, amen. Uh, I'm excited. You know, uh, Andrew Womack, how many of y'all know Andrew Womack? Uh, we saw him, he came over to Eagle Mountain before we moved to Colorado Springs. We moved to Colorado Springs this year. But Andrew was over at Eagle Mountain uh, before we left, and that's where we were going to church. And he got up and he said, I'm excited. Look, he says, this is my excitement. I thought, really? <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's 2021. We made it through 2020, didn't we? And uh, we've made it through all of them. 2019, 2018, 2020, we're in 21 now, and guess what's going to happen with this one? We're going through this one too. Amen? Because he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When you look at that in Psalms 23, uh, he said, I lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. I say, really? He said, not for yours, Maceo. I said, but I'm a doctor. <laughs> not for yours, Maceo. For his name's sake. You grab hold to that. His name is on the line. You got to get the gravity of that. His name is on the line. You getting it? <laughs> and then when you look at that, I'm just kind of warming up right now. I'm going to land in a few minutes, and we're going to do some teaching, okay? And when you look at that, he said, I lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake, and then keep reading. See what's on the path. Did you know that he says, I got a table on the path? Keep reading. Oh, that's on the path. And do you know when you get down to the last sentence, what else is on the path? Goodness and mercy is on the path. Isn't that awesome? I thought, wow. He said, that's what, that's what on the path, the path that I lead you on. This is what, what's on it. Goodness and mercy. For follow you all the days of your life. Amen? Amen. Word First Conference, uh, we want to thank you again, Pastor Bird, Pastor Becky, for inviting us down again. And uh, we've been waiting and waiting for this date to get here. And so we're so grateful for being here. And, uh, and to be with this great congregation here uh, at uh, Gates of the City. Uh, we're going to see what the Holy Ghost wants to do through me tonight. Uh, we're going to be teaching from a PowerPoint presentation tonight, as I did when I was here last year. Who remember what I taught on last year? What did I teach on last year? Okay, okay, she already got it up. <laughs> 
Amen? Well, you know, time is of the essence. Uh, the Holy Ghost has put quite a bit in me. The first thing I want to do, uh, we're going to do a recap. I got five or six slides that we're going to do a recap from last year. And then we're going to move right into what we're going to be teaching this year for 2021. Is that fair enough? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go before the Lord and thank him for this opportunity for all of us to be here and gathered here at Word First. Amen. So, Father, we, uh, we just humble ourselves tonight before you that you may exalt us in due time. You said that you give grace to the humble but you stay far away from the proud. So we want your grace tonight. Uh, give us your grace, your unmerited favor tonight. Open the ears of our understanding tonight so we can hear uh, clearly what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to hear the voice of God tonight. And therefore, when you hear his voice, you can get on his path. We thank you for leading us tonight and guiding us in the path that you want us to go on tonight. And we will be obedient to follow your voice tonight. And we give you the praise and the glory for the manifestation of everything that happens here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, I just want to encourage you one more time. The number one key to your success in 2021, 2022, 2024 is you have to hear his voice. That's going to be a key for you. If you, you need to write that down. The key is you have to hear his voice. That's number one, okay? Number two is when you hear his voice, you have to act on it. You have to act on it. That's the key to your success, really for the rest of your life, is hearing his voice and then acting on what he's asking you to do. Amen? I'm going to come back to that when I get to this book. And I'm going to share just a little bit more with you. The reason you got this, this book is here. I just kept saying yes to him. When I thought I couldn't, I said, you think I can? He said, yeah, you can do it. I said, okay, all right. I hear your voice. I know your voice. I'm your sheep. He said, okay, do it. And tonight is my, you got an opportunity to be a part of what he's done with me with this book. I just heard his voice and kept saying yes. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> Amen? So what we're going to do, and of course the word, the theme of the conference this year is uh, abiding in truth, all right? And we're going to get into that a little bit. So if I got this, can y'all see that? Now, this group over here, I'm not shining y'all over here, but I either got to go to this side or I got to go to this side. Which side do y'all want me to go to? 
Oh, go out in the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Word First Conference uh, last year was complete and perfect. And so 2020 recap, you know, we talked last year on growing up spiritually by identifying with the hidden man of the heart. That's what we taught on last year. Amen? The hidden man of the heart, not the blood, blood pump. The real you, which resides right here behind your belly button. That's the real you. That's the hidden man of the heart. And you can look at 1 Peter uh, 3, 4, and it talks about the hidden man of the heart. Next slide. 1 Peter refers to the new man. We put on the new man. The new man refers to the renovated uh, nature, the new creation or the, the new creature or the new creation. This refers to the condition after the heart has been changed, not the blood pump heart. Your spirit man right here. Where's Amanda? Hi, Amanda. When Amanda is up here singing, watch where she keeps putting her hand. I said, she's identifying with her spirit. It keeps going right here. She's identifying with her spirit. And that's who you really are. Next slide. The change is great. So when you're born again, the change is great. He had, you have, that, that new man has new feelings, uh, new principles, new desires. His body stays the same. Your body stays the same. It doesn't change. Your intellect structure of that man, and it stays the same. Your mind doesn't change. It has to be renewed. Amen? Next slide. We covered three areas of man. The, 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 is that the psychology? It's the study and the function of the human mind. Man is three parts. Number two, the sci is that psychology? Physiology, okay. Concerned with how the human body works. That's two parts, isn't it? There's a third part. This one is spiritology, and I told you the story last year when I was here that when I got my master's and I looked at it, they had spiritology ministries on it. I said, what is that? I knew what my doctorate was in. It's in spiritual growth. That's what I'm going to be teaching on tonight. I didn't know. I'd never seen this word, so I went and Googled it. To get the correct pronunciation of it, Google wouldn't pronounce it. Can you believe Google wouldn't pronounce it? I said, well, what's the definition? A Bible study of the function of the human spirit working in conjunction with the mind and the physical body. Spiritology. So when I got my master's, I started asking various ministers at ministers' conferences and what have you. I said, have you ever heard this word, spiritology? They said, what is that? I know I have heard of that. Really? I hadn't either. I said, it's a, it's a Bible study of the human spirit, of the spirit working in conjunction with the mind and the body. And they go, really? Yeah. This is our word right here. Spiritology. Your spirit is the real you. Next slide. 
Spiritology ministries, learning to train the human spirit. The spirit of man can be trained just like the body can be trained. Spiritual development is the greatest need in the 21st century. Dr. Bernard Small out of Phoenix, Arizona. Next slide. Spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Here you are right here. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. That's who you are. This right here, these two right here, they're not going to change. You're going to get out of this thing here. You're going to get out of it. You are spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. This is what was born again right here. That's why, that, where, Amanda, where is Amanda at? Hi, Amanda. That's why Amanda keeps putting her hands right here. This is what she's identifying with. She's not identifying with this one or that one. You know who you are, right? Y'all give her a hand. She knows who she, knows who she is, yeah. And some, the rest, some of the rest of more people in here do, but I can see her because she sings up here, Amen. All right. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it talks about uh, the three-part man, and that's who we are. That's what I teach on. I have an assignment now to teach the body of Christ who they are. Amen? Next slide. All right. So that was just a recap of what we talked about last year. We come to the Word First Conference this year, 2021, abiding in what? Truth. Amen. John 8, 31 through 32, I'm going to be teaching this year on growing up spiritually through biblical meditation, and I'm going to, I'm going to help you to become wiser and increase your learning. That's what I do. When I show up, my responsibility is to help you become wiser and increase your learning. That comes out of Proverbs 9.9. Give instructions to a wise man and he will yet be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. That's what I do. I don't come here to tell you if you're doing it right. I don't come to tell you if you're doing it wrong. I come here to make you wiser and increase your learning. Amen? It's going to happen tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's my, that's my purpose for being here. And also to love on y'all, too, and drink those drinks back there with Pastor Burton. And we got in that office, you know, and wow. So all of that is in, and eat Mexican food and all that will become. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm going to just talk a little bit now about the book, and then we're going to get into the teachings, okay? So the book, the title of the book is, What is Meditating God's Word? Become Wiser and Increase Your Learning, okay? That title, that title we put on the book, because I didn't want people to think, well, the Holy Ghost didn't, he didn't have me to try to say, I got it all right here. You know, Maceo has written the book and nobody else can touch it and he knows everything about meditation. I don't, but I know quite a bit. Amen? 
So that's why we put on the book to make you wiser and increase your learning. Some of y'all already know how to meditate. So I didn't want this book to say, well, hey, what you're doing is not the way to do it. You need to get this book so you can really find out how to do it. No, no. Whatever you're doing already, when you get this one here, what is it going to do? Make you wiser and increase your learning. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So uh, we kept it small. It's less than 100 pages. Uh, it's, my wife says, a what? She says, easy read, and it's also a workbook, and it asks you questions. It gives you places in here to write your answers down after each chapter because after each chapter in the book, it's going to ask you a question. What made you wiser and increase your learning from that chapter? So you get involved with the book, and here's a secret. The more you study a subject, the more that subject reveals itself and its secrets. The more you study it, this or whatever you study, the more it begins to reveal itself and its secrets. Amen? So I've been doing it for 13 years. Can I have a tissue, please? So... <clears throat> I'm going to be with it. Excuse me. Uh, I walked into a bookstore in 2007, and I picked up a little book. It was entitled How to Meditate God's Word. And uh, I was at Eagle Mountain, and when I looked at the title, some of y'all heard the story. When I looked at the title, I said silently, I'm not meditate God's Word. I put it back on the shelf. And the Holy Spirit said, purchase the book. I thought, really? So I did. And I was teaching a class at the time called God's Word, You Can Count On It. The story is in the book. The whole story is in the book. And uh, you'll find that the first three chapters is the story, what all happened and everything. And then it leads up to chapter four where I'm going to start teaching. And the first thing, chapter is on spirit, soul, and body. And so what happened is that I started reading that little book, and I thought, wow, this is what it means to meditate God's Word, and this is how you do it? I thought I knew how. Well, Pastor Bird, I've never been to a class. No one never taught me how to do it. So where did I get that thought from that I thought I knew how to do it? I didn't know how to do it. I just had heard people say I meditated, so guess what? I got in with the rest of them. I meditated, I meditated. I really didn't have a structure or a process for doing it. Meditation is a God-given process. It causes a spiritual experience, and it causes a transformation in your thinking, and it accelerates your belief system. It's a process. It, 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 it affects your thinking and it accelerates your belief system. You read it, you believe it, you act on it. You read it, you believe it, you act on it. And then you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. And you'll start dealing wise in the affairs of life. It's a process. 
we got, I have some processes in this book for you. Well, guess what? It takes work. You got to work at it. I've been working at it for 13 years. I'm getting a little better with it now. He allowed me to write a book. So the books are back on the table, and I just want to say uh, the reason this book is here now, I kept saying yes to him. I kept saying yes to him. And then this is the last thing. I had the manuscript for three years sitting in my desk in my file drawer. And in July this year, my pastor, Jeremy, Jeremy Pearsons, out in Colorado Springs, he was ministering, streaming, and he looked at the camera and he said, the books that we write are not for us. Someone else's answer is in the books we write. I thought, really? And that manuscript sitting back there in, the, in my file cabinet? I know I got some stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. That was on a Sunday. I went and pulled it out on Monday and, and called a publishing company down here in, in Fort Worth. And we just happened to be coming to Texas that Thursday of the same week. We brought her a check down. I got with her, brought my manuscript down, gave it to her, and gave her a check. And that's why you got this book right now. So if God's talking to you about writing a book, guess what? That's really not for you. Someone's else answer is in the book. Amen? With that, <clears throat> let me just read this to you and we'll move on. Are y'all okay? Yeah. All right. So Pastor Jeremy said that it put me in action to go ahead and get the book published. And uh, this is the first testimony that came back from the book after it was out two weeks. And it came from a lady in Fort Worth by the name of Annie. I'm going to read it to you. It says, while reading from Maceo's book, What is Meditating God's Word, I was taken by the fact of how quickly time uh, came, uh, how quickly time came dim, how quickly time had dimmed, dimmed the original vision I had received from the Lord and it posed the question, what are you going to do about it? God had gave her a vision, but through time she lost that vision, okay? Maceo's knowledge, insight, and practical application is excellent and has changed me, has, cha has challenged me with a new confidence and determination to fulfill the instructions I have received with my vision. It raised the vision back up in her. Pastor Jeremy said, somebody else's answer is in the book. Maceo's book is already having an impact in my life, and I have not yet finished reading it. In particular, he gave me new and effective tools. It's a tool that you can use. Amen? I believe he has captured keys of wisdom to advance and succeed in matters we have perceived as difficult. After reading 
his text in chapter 8 on training on the training of a flea, I was taken by the reality that I had unconsciously accepted certain roadblocks as permanent and it was the way that I was thinking. She had imposed some limitations on herself and it was the way she was thinking. I realized that with training, I could surmount these roadblocks and I did not have to accept the status quo conditions that I had been facing. I realized that there are so many tools in training the spirit and the mind and this will in turn foster the actions I need to take. Maceo details the how-to in each step and it has caused me to see the challenges as just a matter of training and application. She saw it. It's just a matter of training and application and when you commit to the training and the application and the exercises that the Holy Spirit has had me put in here, you're going to begin to excel. I am looking forward to reading his chapter on imagination and I would highly recommend Maceo's knowledge, insight, and examples. That's Annie out of Fort Worth. You remember me telling you the little book I picked up? Y'all remember that? By Dennis Burke? She's Dennis Burke's secretary. This is the first one I got back. That was, she found her answer in the book. If God's talking to you about writing a book, you have someone else's answer. Amen? All right. Uh, I want to give away a couple of books. Is there a lady here by the name of Nikki? Where's Nikki? Nikki, come on down here and get this book. Nikki, uh, Nikki works over at uh, Hamp Hampton Inn, Nikki. And I came down, we checked in Thursday evening. I came down Thursday morning, uh, uh, Friday morning, she went, hi, Mr. Smith, what night you teaching? What night you speaking? <laughs> so y'all give her a hand. That's Nikki's book right there. <laughs> I said, she deserves a book. Amen? Hallelujah. So, we, uh, we just going to, and by the way, I'm getting off the book now, but once you purchase this book, uh, if you would fill out a connect card, and I know now you got the book, you got our information, and when you're going through this book, if you have questions about something, you can text me, you can send me an email, or you can call me. And I will work with you in this book just like we have in the class. Amen? So I'm, I'm still committed to you when you get the book. If you want to be committed to what's in here, I can show you how to pull the revelation out. Amen? Hallelujah. So are y'all ready? All right, let's go. Abiding in truth. What is truth? So you got to answer that question. What is truth? If you don't ask yourself that question, how are you going to get an answer? Let's look at a conversation that Jesus and Pilate had. And watch this. Jesus before Pilate. Then he said, then you are a king, Pilate said. You said that I am a king, Jesus answered. 
For this reason, I was born and have come into the world to testify what? Truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth, what do they do? Listen to my voice. Amen? Now, verse 38, he asked him, Pilate asked him, he said, what is truth? He didn't know he was looking at it. He didn't know he was looking at truth. Pilate said, what is truth? And having said this, went out again to the Jews and told them, watch this, I find no, I find not even one fault in him. Now you got to think, oh, so there's no, he's looking at Jesus, is Jesus truth? Pilate told him, he said, I find no fault in him. Put it together. When you abiding in truth, let me finish it, I got it up here. So since he said that, is it okay to say there's no fault in truth? You see it? Truth is what? It's void of error. If there's no fault in it, is it okay to say it's void of error? All right. Watch this. When you are abiding in truth, your chances of error is what? It's minimized. It's minimized. So you want to abide in truth to eliminate errors. You don't want to be involved in something and you get out there and you've been doing it for two, three years and all of a sudden you start having error out there and you kind of go, whoa, man, what? I should have started with what? Truth. Amen? Next slide. Let's look at growing up spiritually through biblical meditation in the context of truth. Look at this truth here. The main ingredients for spiritual growth is biblical meditation. Bill Winston, the main ingredient for spiritual growth is biblical meditation. Next slide. Truth. To grow spiritually, you must develop a God-inside-minded attitude. You have to develop it. I have some sheets on the table that will help you do this. It's just a tool. And I got that, that man that you just saw, and then I have a confession on the back of it. It's called God-inside-minded. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a physical body. My spirit is the candle of the Lord. God, my Father, is guiding me into all truth through my spirit. You learn that, and you begin to put it in your mouth and say it, and then you begin to identify more with who you, who you really are right here. Amen? And these are free back there so you can pick them up. Y'all know him? Who is that? That's Brother Copeland. <laughs> renewing the mind, renewing the mind to become God inside minded. It's a renewing of the mind. All right, next slide. Truth. Your spirit is the core of your being. All right? It is your spirit that was born again. Yet it cannot manifest itself in your flesh unless your soul, which is your mind, agrees with your spirit. Biblical meditation is the key to your two-third agreement between your soul and your spirit. This gives your inner being the power to break through the outer flesh. You can 
activate the power that's on the inside of you through biblical meditation to get results in this natural realm and live on a higher level. Meditation is one of the keys to it. Well, guess what? When I saw that word spiritology, I didn't even know what it was. Apparently, I haven't been dealing, I hadn't been dealing with the spirit man. This part right here, when it comes in agreement with this, comes in agreement with this, that power that's in you will come out of you and get results out here. Meditation starts the process. It helps you grow up spiritually. You know who you are, and then you know how to get that power to activate on the inside of you. And you don't have to pray about it all night. Amen? Next slide. Growing up spiritually, it's a process, a series of action steps to, uh, to achieve a desired end. We must let God develop that process in us. You do not become a full-grown Christian overnight. It's a process. Amen? Next slide. Two keys to growing spiritually. Locate where you are spiritually. You need to locate where you are. Number two, once you locate yourself, locate yourself, it will help you grow out of one stage into another stage spiritually. You have to locate yourself. Where, where am I spiritually right now? And once you locate yourself, if you got the book and you start spending time in it, it will begin to show you how to move out of one stage into another one. It is not God's will for you to remain a baby or a child spiritually, but to grow up and become mature in him. In him. Next slide. You grow by locating yourself spiritually. The fivefold ministry helps you grow and mature in these three areas right here. The fivefold. Pastor Bert is a fivefold pastor. I'm a fivefold uh, teacher, fivefold ministry. That's part of our job is to help you grow. Help you grow uh, in the babyhood Christian stage, the, the childhood or adolescent Christian stage, and then all the way up to the manhood stage. Okay? And you have to be doing things to grow. Next slide. Let's look at some of the differences here right quick. And I'm looking at that clock, too. <laughs> babyhood stage, all right? What is a baby? In the babyhood stage, physically, they're innocent, aren't they? Everybody likes a baby, all right? What's that word? Ignorant. They put their hand in their mouth and everything they pick up on the floor, they put it in, in the mouth, okay? Irritable, small, become uh, irritable. Spoon, got a spoon feed, spoon feed them, handle them with care, and they need to be pampered. That's on the physical side, right? Let's look at a baby Christian. What about it? A new Christian, he's innocent. New Christians should be uh, cared for. Uh, they're careful of what goes on, uh, what they put in their mouth, really. Amen? Careful about what you read and hear. New Christians are irritable. They need to be spoon-fed, handled with care because they are fragile. Y'all with me? 
We're talking about growing up spiritually now, but you got to locate where, where am I? Are you still here after 15 years? Pastor Burke can help you grow. <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> Childhood stage, Christian stage. Unsteadiness, sporadic, unreliable. Sometimes looking for them, you cannot find them. Curiosity. What to know, what is that? Want to know what's in the bag and are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. We just left. <laughs> oh, what's happening? Look at this one. Spiritual children are the same way. They move around from church to church, always looking for something new. Curiosity, you always got the nose in somebody else's business. <laughs> Where are you? You got to locate yourself spiritually. Next slide. Childhood adolescent. I'm going to move pretty fast now. Talkative, no value for silence. Evil speaking, talking about folks uh, that are not present. Let's see what these, uh, over, what's, what this one is about. Christians, always talking, no value for silence. And I threw this one in. Wives, cover your husband around friends and family. Don't put them down. Show some spiritual maturity. Husbands. Cover your wives around friends and families. Amen? Next slide. Adults, uh, adulthood stage, your goal is in spiritual growth uh, through biblical meditation is to arrive here. When you begin to mature, you begin to esteem earthly things lightly. You begin to esteem them Lightly. That's not to say God don't want you to live in a nice house, drive a nice car, have some money in the bank. I'm not talking about that. But those things don't have you. Those things don't have you. Dead to censor or praise. They don't, somebody don't, they don't have to praise you and pat you on the back every time you do something. Well, you know, I went out there at that church and I cleaned it up and I did this. And then nobody, nobody even mentioned my name. Come on. You got to grow up. Ability to recognize God at work. This is where we want to bring the body of Christ here, and especially this one. Can you recognize when God's at work in your life and when he's at work across this country, when he's at work in your neighborhood, your family? Can you recognize that? You need to be able to recognize it. It's all part of growing up. Next slide. Why am I teaching on this subject? Number one, it's the Holy Spirit's assignment. Uh, it's for fivefold ministry, job title. I just mentioned that. And it's the mission of Encourage Your Own Ministry. This is our mission statement here. Passionately encouraging and teaching believers to grow spiritually by meditating the word practicing the word, giving the word first place, and being quick to obey the voice of their spirit. Four areas that we are training in now through Encourage Your Own Ministry to help you grow. And we've brought this book out now, and it's another tool that God has given us to give to the body of Christ to help you grow spiritually. Next slide. 
One man said that biblical meditation is the missing link in the body of Christ. It is. It's the missing link. Because a lot of us have been wanting to prosper. A lot of us have been wanting to deal wisely. A lot of us have been a lot of things, and we see it here, but we can't get it activated. Why is it not happening in my life? I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm listening to what Pastor Bird is saying. I'm excited, but I'm not getting the results that I really need to get. Biblical meditation, big part of it. Amen? It's a missing link in the body of Christ. Next slide. A few benefits of biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is you hearing God's voice and acting on it. How many of y'all knew that? Good. Thank you for not a single hand. Oh, that, is, oh she's scratching right there. <laughs> wow, Brother Mason, really? Biblical meditation, you're going to hear his voice much clearer. Amen? Biblical meditation will straighten out your thinking. Kenneth Hagin. Biblical meditation will increase your ability to rest in God. Joel Osteen. Biblical meditation will increase your capacity to receive a miracle. It will cause you to grow on the inside. Pastor George Pearson out of Eagle Mountain International Church. Biblical meditation builds inner strength to, to biblical meditation builds inner strength to believe and the ability to hold on to what you believe. Make you wiser and increase your learning in growing up spiritually through biblical meditation. You need to be able to hold on to it. Amen? Through last year, a lot of us found out what we, what we could hold on to. Didn't we? Some of us thought we had it. We didn't have it. But it's still available. God hasn't changed, have he? So you want to be able to hold on to it. Next slide. Bellow, an instrument or utensil or machine for blowing on fire. Some of y'all might have one of these at your house. Biblical meditation is the bellow of the affections. All right? You're going to find in the book, I got a, one of the chapters is on the tap root of the soul. And when we talk about the soul, we talk about the mind, the will, and the emotions, right? In that teaching, I take out emotions and put in affections. And the reason I did is because when I did the research on it, it says your affections are much stronger than your emotions. Your emotions are fleeting and in most cases does not lead to an action. So on that tap root, when you get to that chapter, you're going to see the word affections. And let me just throw this in right quick. You can get very emotional with your kids, can't you? No, nobody in here can get emotional with the kids, huh? So you can get very emotional with the kids, can't you? They, or they can make you very emotional. But does it affect your affections for them. It doesn't, does it? You still love them. You still do whatever you can do for them. Amen? 
when you begin to meditate God's word, you become affectionate with him. And he becomes affectionate with you. And when the storms of life begin to blow, uh-uh, it can't move you because your affections for him and his affection for you, you rooted in it. You're rooted in it. But if you're, in the, if, you're, if you're operating out your emotions, you can be tossed to and fro. Meditation will strengthen your emotion, uh, affection. Biblical meditation is the bellow of the affection. Look at the scripture, Psalms 39, 3. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my mouth. Y'all see that word, musing? Right there? I'm getting ready to talk about that here in a few minutes. Next slide, please. Biblical meditation was essential for Joshua. That's out of 1.8. Unfortunately, today, most people do not know it. Yes, we read the Word, and we even listen to preachers preach the Word. We get together and discuss it, but meditate on it? No. Most do not have any idea, any idea how to do that. We are, and when we do not know how to do it, we are short-circuiting God's success formula and consigning ourselves to failure by doing without it. That's Brother Copeland. You're going to find that statement on page 37 in the book. Next slide. Biblical meditation is not hasty reading. You need to get this one. You need to get all of them. It is not the mere touching of the flower by the bee which gathers honey, but the abiding for a time on the flower which draws out the sweet. It's not the casual abiding of it, Laura. It's the, I mean, the casual lighting of the bee on. It's his, he spends time on it to get it out. Amen. It is not he who reads most, but he who does what? Meditate, abides in it most, who proves to be the choicest, wisest, and strongest Christians. You'll find that on page 38 in the book. You need to memorize that, memorize that, and hold it within you. I need to be abiding in it. I need to be staying with it. But Brother Macy, I've been on that same scripture for a week. Stay on it. There's something in there for you. Next slide. Eastern meditation. There, how many of y'all in here know about Eastern meditation? Got a hand on the front row. <laughs> the practice of the New Age movement, all right, associated with transcendental meditation. It was developed by the Hindu religion. It teaches a person to blank their mind. To focus on self, albeit the higher self. You got to know this. I'm making you wise and increasing your learning. There's a man by the name of, of David Lynch. He started a transcendental meditation company in 2005. He wants to get it in every college and every high school in America. And he's working on it right now. And if you don't know the difference, you can get into it, and all of a sudden it sounds good. It's not good. 
What do they do in this, this type of meditation? They clear, clear the thoughts using a tool called mantra. It's a series of words they use. What's the purpose? A series of sounds repeatedly until they are what? Completely empty. To achieve ultimate relaxation and cessation of stress. This is what they're working on to get you through this. They want to relieve you of stress. New Age philosophy has frightened off many Christians. It's frightened them off. Well, I don't want to talk about that, Brother Macy. I've done the classes now. They don't want to talk about that. They get a funny look on their face when you, when you mention meditation. Next slide. Biblical meditation. The goal is to fill your thoughts with the thoughts of God. This is achieved by focusing on God's word and becoming consumed with what God is saying. Once you become consumed uh, with what he's saying, it becomes effortless to do what he's asking you to do. Amen? Your delight and desire in the, law, in the Lord's instructions and teachings, you habitually meditate. Now, mutter, muse, ponder, and study by day and night. I'm getting ready to show you some, something about muse and uh, mutter here in the next couple of slides. Next slide. Biblical meditation action steps. Watch this. Biblical meditation methods. Get this. Action steps and benefits. So if I say I meditated it, what am I talking about? Well, Brother May said, what method did you use? Brother May said, are there any action steps for the method? For the, for the uh, method? Yeah. Well, how does it benefit me? See, I used to be a salesman. I know people do things for their benefit. That's why I got it up here. <laughs> Become wise and increase your learning. Next slide. Next slide. There we go. Mutter. Here it is. Speaking to yourself in a low tone of voice. Okay? Action step. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body, physical body. My spirit is the candle of the Lord. God, my Father, God has guided me into all truth through my spirit. The Holy Spirit gives direction to my spirit. Speaking to yourself in a low tone of voice. It's a method. It's a method. Look at the benefit of the method. It keeps the word fresh within you. It allows the word to saturate you and wash through you. It transforms your thinking about you and about God. You are fully persuaded of the Holy Spirit's ability to direct you in the affairs of life. That's the benefit of it. It's a method, a benefit. And your action steps is you're talking to yourself in a low tone of voice. Amen? Next. Muse. Muse is another method. All right? That's what captured me in that book. I saw his methods to it. I didn't know that. It captured me when I read that book. Okay, muse is contemplation, ponder, study closely, go over scripture again and again, squeezing the life of God from it. That's what you're after when you muse. Mutter, you're keeping it fresh within you. Different methods. For different results. 
action step. You have to set aside time to do this one. You can't do this one on the run. Mutter, you can do it anytime. Set aside time to get along with the Holy Spirit. Chew on scripture, going over it again and again. Most vivid illustration is a cow chewing her cud. Y'all ever seen a cow go out and eat the grass? And then she, she will lie on the ground and she's still chewing. What's she doing? She's chewing on the cud. She's bringing it up, taking it down, bringing it up, taking it down, bringing it up, taking it down. You are squeezing the life of God from it. It brings the greatest discovery of revelation ever known. You become intimate with God. Muse is the, is the meat of biblical meditation. Methods, action steps, and how it benefits you. Next slide. Next slide. See it? Got the cow doing her thing and Christians doing their thing. <laughs> Chewing on it. The cow has different compartments in her and what she's doing is she's eating that grass. She's drawing the nutrients out of it until it becomes a part of her. What, what are you doing when you're using the word of God? You're drawing his nature out of that scripture until it becomes a part of you and now you live that. Meditation has been the missing link. We thought we could get it through reading it. Next slide. Oh, y'all, y'all, anybody familiar with this one? Worry. It's not uh, biblical meditation. It's a form of meditation. Worry, feeling uneasy, over-concerned of what might happen. Anybody got over into any of that in the last year or so? You can get out of it by abiding in the Word. Thinking and, and focusing on the problem, rehearsing it over and over in your mind, which is in your soul. Uh, you create pictures and images from the words associated with the problem. Here are some of the side effects. Feeling of high anxiety, overeating, smoking, alcohol, drugs. It clouds your focus on reality. Interferes with the relationships in your life. Keeps you up all night long. And it also interferes with your job performance, and it will affect your health. It's not biblical meditation, but it is a form of meditation. Most people know how to do it, and they haven't been to a class. <laughs> switch it. Switch it. Switch it over. Just turn it around. Amen? This is real quick. My time is running out. You know that, that uh, Transcendental Meditation, they tell people, you get into this, we can relieve your stress and your anxiety, okay? In Colorado Springs, Costco, they got Costco's here, Pastor Burke? Costco's here? I walked in, we saw all this liquor. I thought, why is so much liquor in Costco's? And so I asked a guy, I asked one of the workers, I said, why y'all got so much liquor in this store? He said, they're buying it. I said, yeah, okay. He said, listen to this, they buy $97,000 worth of it a day. $97,000 worth of it a day. What are they trying to do? 
get rid of distress, get rid of anxiety, veg out. And there's a company out there that they'll run into by a guy named David Lynch. He said, I can help you with that. That's all I needed. Okay? Next slide. Anybody familiar with Dawson Trotman? We're coming to the end here now. We got about four or five more minutes. We'll be finished. Dawson Trotman, have y'all ever heard of a, a, a Christian organization by the name of the Navigators? All right, they're out of Colorado Springs. One of my desires when I got to Colorado Springs was to do some work with the Navigators. And I'm being mentored right now by a man that's been with them for 40 years. And he's mentoring me uh, to be a navigator. And the reason I want to be associated with them is because they are, their number two, the, the focus is discipleship and spiritual growth. And my doctorate is in spiritual growth, but I don't, I don't know anything about discipleship. And so I want to connect with the navigators to learn that, and they're teaching me now. And it's powerful. It's powerful. So uh, Dawson Trotman's statement is to know Christ, make him known, and help others do the same. That's what they work off of. All right, next slide. Now, what Dawson Trotman and them do, they develop, they develop tools, okay, discipleship tools. And we're coming to the end here, and I had to get to this one here because this is the finale. I'm going to show you now how to, what the thing that you can use to really lock down what you're learning here at, at, at Word First and throughout the year. And it's all associated with meditation. This is called a hand illustration that they use to, to disciple people and navigators. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light uh, for my path. That's Psalms 119, 105. Look at this. Can y'all see this? On the little pinky, look at your little pinky. That's, you, that's where you hear the word, okay? Number, the next one up is you need to be reading the word. And this is called five methods for Bible study. You study the word, you memorize the word, and you do what? Meditate the word. Now, 83% of how you learn is visual. That's why I do PowerPoint teaching. You see it. It, it, increases, it increases your learning when you see it, all right? Now, uh, go to the next slide, please. Here it is again. Uh, you hear the word, okay? You see the scriptures? Now, if you would fill out a connect card for us, put your email on it, when we get back to Colorado, we'll send you these, this, these hands, and you can have them and Put them around the house. And so you can, for visuals. So if you hear the word, read the word, and study the word, you're going to retain around about 10% of it. Everybody remember what Pastor Eric preached on last night, right? Y'all remember everything he said, right? No, I don't even. Nothing against Pastor Eric now, but what do we do? What do we do? We heard it. Your, per, your, your percentage of retention is low when you just hear it. When you take notes, it will increase it, Fabian. It increases it, all right? Now, you read it, you study it, 
you memorize it, and you meditate it. Look at that number. 100% of retention. <laughs> I'm going to help you become wiser and increase your learning. That's what we're doing. All right? Now, I was going to do these scriptures, but we're out of time. But I want to do an illustration with you to help you see many. All right? Now, I want you to take, everybody, take your cell phone out. Brenda, did I have my phone? Everybody take your cell phone. Anybody in here have a cell phone? Everybody got a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone. I want you to take, a self, take your cell phone out. And hold it in your hand like this. Flat. You got it? All right. Now look at the board. You see the pinky finger? Where it says, hear the word? Take that finger and just put it on the phone. Leave the other stressed out. Try to hold the phone with the pinky. How y'all doing? All right, now let's go to read the word. Bring the other finger up on the phone. Keep the other stressed out and keep the, keep the thumb away from it. You got it? Now let's go to study the word. Bring that other finger up and try to hold it. Keep the others out. Now memorize the word. Bring that finger up on the phone. And now the thumb is what? Meditate it. Bring the phone down on it now. Now try to get loose from it. <laughs> huh? You got it now, don't you? Did y'all get that? Or do we need to do it again? It's a visual for you. It's a visual for you. The missing link has been this meditation. We haven't been spending the time in the meditation, memorizing it too, to get a hold on it, to hold on to it. To hold on to it. Did that help you? So, when I saw that, when they did that with me with the navigators, I almost jumped out. We were having lunch. And I said, what? Really? He said, yeah. He said, Maceo, that's what we do. We develop tools to help people grow as we disciple them and we give them, we give them tools to use. I thought, wow, I'm at the right place at the right time with the right folks doing the right thing. And what I do is when I get it, guess what I do? I bring it to y'all. So y'all help y'all with it. Uh, y'all glad of that? Amen. So, next slide. Here it is. <laughs> See it? You got to hear the word, read the word, study the word, memorize the word, and meditate the word if you're going to hold on to it. In this book right here, I cover all of that for you. And if you would do that in this book, if you would, if you would hear it and read it and study it, memorize what's in the book, and then put your meditation practices into operation you'll be amazed how much of it you'll hold on to. Amen? Thank God for it. Last slide. Encourage you on ministry. This is our website here. 
you can go to this website and uh, just put in connect and it'll take you to the website and you can fill out a connect card there and uh, and we'll we'll send you the word hands and so you can uh, begin to work with that and keep it in front of you and then that little fellow right there said great job give yourself a good hand this evening for being so patient I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Burt. Hallelujah. Did y'all learn anything? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you've already prepared uh, everything that we need in the body of Christ to help us be successful and to live that abundant life that you came, Jesus, to give us. And, Lord, all we got to do is get connected with it. And be willing to do the things that it's going to take to accomplish it. Lord, we know you're not coming out of heaven and do it. Jesus, you're not coming out of heaven and do it. But the Holy Spirit is here to help us. And if we call upon him and begin to develop our relationship with him, he will show us how to be successful and bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, The Father is glorified. Amen. I thank y'all for it. Uh, It's more coming. And what you've got here, if you go home tonight and start practicing it, you have to practice it. And practice a little bit at a time. Don't take too much, just a little bit at a time. And you will notice that it will begin to increase. And the more it increases, the hungrier you get for it. And then you'll be like the man over in Psalms uh, 1. It says, he, when he habitually meditates the word day and night, he's like a tree that's planted by the streams of water. He brings forth his fruit in his season, and everything that he does will prosper and come to maturity. You can be like that too. And we're just getting started. Amen? God bless you. Pastor Burke. <laughs>